Hello and welcome to a bogus-ass bonus episode of Mondo Cool Movie Bitches. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be a funny name for a podcast. I, as usual, am Mac. And I'm Sean. Keith is, I don't know, maybe Sleeping. dead or something. I don't know. Yeah. Dead asleep. We haven't heard from him dead since alive. last night. I don't know. He has to go to work soon. Maybe he just didn't want to do it. We yeah. were going to do Evil Dead 2 today. You never know how it's going to go with these bonus episodes. You might wind up hearing that before you ever hear this, so I guess we won't talk about it too much. So it doesn't get boring. Eagle. I was looking out the window here. There's an eagle. There's something. It's a big ass bird here live at Mondo Cool World oh, headquarters. Shit. Yeah, look at that. It's a bird of prey. Fly like an eagle. So yeah, we're going to do Evil Dead 2. Hopefully they'll be out before Halloween. We don't really know. But that's the, the goal. So I guess we're just going to talk about what movies we've been watching lately. Now Sean just checked out the new Chucky film, Cult of Chucky. I myself have been working my way through the Halloween series. I'd seen the first one before, but I recently watched two through seven of those things. And they're some good ones and some shit ones. And some <laughs> mostly just mediocre ones. There's my cat. Yeah, it picks up. Probably does. It's loud <laughs> as hell. Wow. That's what I've heard about those later Halloween movies. They're, They're just weird. It's just so weird. Well, I guess I can just run them down pretty quick. Halloween 2 is a pretty good one, I thought. Have you seen it? Yeah, Laurie Strode, she's in the hospital, right? Yeah, she doesn't really do that much in that movie, honestly. Yeah, she's like in a bed the whole time. She's not much. even really that big a part of the Halloween series. She's not in 3, obviously, like that's a different part of the story, but she's not in 4, 5, or 6 either. She's not even really in 2 that much. I guess she is still kind of the main character, but like it kind of goes all over the place. That one's more Loomis. Yeah, that's I a think. good point. It's almost like, what's her name? Heather from Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah, she's in she's 1, like, 3, and she's in 7 as herself. I guess about the same as... Yeah, like Laurie. the character. The Heather, huh. Like, she's the character is in 2 and the actor is in 3 of them out of, what, 10? Yeah, but I guess it's like her defining nine. that, being the heroine of that series. It's yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't know if Closest I really thing see to it. a main character besides the villain. It's no Tommy Jarvis. <laughs> I'll tell yeah. you that much. He was in three consecutive, four, five, and six, and those were good ones. He was a hero. He was a real hero. <laughs> a real know. human being. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty good. There's a lot of Loomis. It's like action Loomis in that movie. He's running around. He's running and gunning. Is he like a Bronson fucking Pierce? What's his name? There's Pierce Brosnan and there's Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson. That's what I'm thinking. Is he going Death Wish? And he's a lot less uh, subdued than old Charles Bronson. I like the one where it's the guy's like, you scared me to death. And Loomis is like, you don't know what death is. And <laughs> Runs, runs away. Cloak wisping in the wind. And it's before he has like that weird drunken voice from the later movies. Who has that weird low Donald Pleasance voice that we know from the likes of Escape from New York. Yeah, it's like that noir sound. It basically picks up immediately where the first movie leaves off. It came out three years later. There's one that Carpenter was still involved in quite a bit. I think he co-wrote it. He definitely produced it and did the soundtrack. The beginning of the movie is just like a recap of the first one. So same night, same everything. But pretty good. We're seeing it. The third one is one of my favorites, and it has nothing to do with any of the other movies. It's the infamous season of The Witch. It looks great. I haven't seen it, but it, it looks really cool. Yeah, it's starring Tom Atkins. He's also in Escape from New York in a bit part. Oh yeah, he's like one of the main characters in Night of the Creeps, which is a personal favorite of mine. Yeah, that's solid. That's, uh, that's a good one. Um, and it's about like this company run by some nutcase that's like making Halloween masks, and like they have this whole plot to like try to get every kid in the country to watch TV at a certain time while wearing one of those masks. So something will happen. I won't say what, because that's kind of the whole movie. But yeah, it involves like transporting pieces of Stonehenge from England to California in like weird old Irish mythology. It's weird. It's cool though. I know they've mentioned it on the Phil Hendry show. Like I know Phil likes that movie. Oh, does he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he mentions that in, in a Phil only. But also <laughs> there's one episode where Bud Dickman's like, that's the bitchiness movie that there ever was. Bud, and, he's uh, got good taste. Yeah, Bud knows that what's Dickman. up. The fourth one is weird. It doesn't feel quite like a Halloween movie movie the look of it there's too much blue sky and, and like sunlight and it looks like clearly california and not illinois uh, i know they shot the original in california too but this one yeah. really does not look like the midwest i guess you could say <laughs> yeah they're like transferring michael to like another maximum security mental hospital and he breaks out big whoop and yeah. the way they deal with laurie strode is really lame well i'm sort of spoiling the whole series so skip ahead five minutes if you don't want to know how the whole series of halloween goes <laughs> laurie is just unceremoniously killed off screen we're just told that she's dead and was killed by Michael at some point I don't know when he would have had the chance because I, th I thought he was like in the loony bin the whole time between two and four so that's another plot hole we just <laughs> follow this like eight or nine year old kid who we are told is Laurie's like illegitimate daughter I think and she's in this movie quite a bit and then there's like her kind of adopted family are like a lot of the main characters and Jason goes Jason wow Michael goes around <laughs> killing a bunch of people and then um well I won't spoil the ending 
can at least leave that. The fifth one is like that same kid is back in it again, but she's in it way more. And she's pretty good for a kid actor, but I just don't like this movie of Michael, this fucking juggernaut of a mass killer, hunting down some little kid the whole time. Like, that's his whole goal. Because for some reason that they never really explain, he just has this real obsession throughout the series of killing off any surviving family members he might have. So that's why he's going after her, because that's his niece. Seems like he would be able to do it pretty quickly. Yeah, there's a lot of people that, like, get in the way, I yeah. guess. But. I mean, it's not like Chucky, where he, he's looking for a kid, too, the whole time. You know, but he's a doll, so he's people are gonna, like, throw him in the trash Step on him. Shit. But this guy, yeah, he's a juggernaut. He is the juggernaut, bitch. He's unnaturally strong and <laughs> yeah. just resistant to death. He what's has a hard kid, time killing a kid? kid gonna do? Like, well, it's like finding her and catching up to her, and, oh, like, there's right. other people that he has to, like, kill along the way, I guess. Yeah, but he's so good at it now, you know? He's yeah. so good at killing. <laughs> shit, does he even succeed? I'm not sure if I remember. <laughs> that movie was bad. Part 5 is easily the worst of the series, in my opinion. That sucks. Sucked ass. <laughs> That's a shame. Mustafa Akkad just ran that bitch into the ground. He's the guy that produced them all. And he Milking just made a lot of bad decisions. But then Part 6 is an uptick in the series, in my opinion, because at least it's weird as hell. It features a very young Paul Rudd. I think he's about 22, back before he was very famous. It's weird because it's like in Haddonfield half a dozen years later, very wisely, the town banned the celebration of Halloween. It makes sense. Like, if Jason comes... Again with this. Jason's cooler. They're not really that distinct. Jason's just a cooler version He's of just, Michael. he looks cooler. He's way more interesting. He has like a bit just, of a personality. He's got a whole lore and backstory. And His appearance changes a little bit cooler. in every movie. Yeah. He's much cooler. Oh, definitely. <laughs> if we're talking purely like Aesthetics. which movie has a better villain, definitely yeah. Friday the 13th beats Halloween. I'd say like Jason's scarier too. Much he, scarier. In, They're both scary. When they do it well, <laughs> they can make Michael pretty creepy, but they don't do it well very often. Yeah, they ban Halloween and Haddonfield, which is good because, I mean, he can't blend in if if there's just people in Halloween costumes everywhere. He's just another person in a Halloween costume. And there's all these people. There's this big rally held by, like, some really douchey, annoying, mustachioed radio shock jock to, like, bring back Halloween. And, like, all these young people show up because they're like, get over it. He only killed, like, a thousand people over the course of, like, 11 years. <laughs> get on with it, losers. Could you get over that? That's a lot of people. It's only been six years. I mean, that's the thing. is We know this at this point. It's the sixth movie. Okay, the fifth one with Jason. What's <laughs> People at home probably aren't even sure if I'm doing this intentionally or not, but I, I swear I'm not. This is only the fifth it's one a, with Michael. I can confirm this. I'm watching him right now. I'm hanging out with him. <laughs> this is the fifth talking. one with Michael. And, I mean, you, you should know by now that the dude doesn't stay dead. I mean, there were two that came out a year apart, part four and part five. He was only gone for one year at that point. I guess six years for him is kind of a while to stay down, but still, you know yeah. he's not going to stay down. It's actually directed by Joe Chappelle, who did a bunch of episodes of The Wire, if it's the same Joe Chappelle interestingly enough. Like, I know weird. it gets from Halloween 6 to The Wire. Upgrade. Huh. Yeah, definitely. Big upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> they explain, and I don't really think of this as canon because it's just so dumb, but at least it was something new and different and mildly interesting, that he is basically owned by this group of witches or something, and that he's just a tool. Through their supernatural powers is how he's able to come back to life every time they kill him or try to kill him. It just had a different feel. It didn't feel quite so stale. It did feel very 1995. You know, some of the music in it is, is not aged well oh, but it was, it was an okay movie i guess and then part seven better known as just halloween h2o and that is the return of jamie lee hurtis and oh my god did we need it she brought so much to that role she was really good yeah i mean that that's movie. it sounds like that movie was pretty cool sadly it was the first one after the death of donald pleasant so there's no loomis if it had her and loomis together like it would have been the best movie outside of well actually it probably already is the best movie outside of the first three that i've watched it's yet another family connection jamie lee curtis laurie strode she has a son now who's like 17 and of course jason wow four is my four <laughs> can we get a counter we need a chalkboard we in gotta there. get like a bell in here or something Ding. like michael <laughs> tries to kill him maybe he succeeds maybe he doesn't but yeah that's basically what that movie's about it looks pretty good four and five didn't even really look good i don't think the acting's a cut above jamie lee curtis gives at least as good if not a better performance really than she did in the first movie not that it's as good as a movie as the first one but the performance is very good and that one's definitely worth a watch i would say like check out the first three and check out seven and the other three if you really want to yeah <laughs> Check them out, except maybe five. Just don't watch five. <laughs> there is like a weird Michael 
Got it that time. There is oh. a weird Michael face reveal. You don't really see much, but it's like the most of his face that you see since the first film. So that's sort of interesting. Speaking of Jason, that was something I was surprised about. was like how much you actually get to see his face. Every movie, I want to say. Yeah, just about. It's cool. And I like how it's always different. Yeah. They always do something different with the face makeup. And I think that was, yeah, I know it's one that you like, but I don't like so much as part seven. Mm. I do think it has maybe the best face reveal, like the best face makeup. He looks grizzly in that movie. Like he'd smell really, really Grody. And even like the back of him, like you can see some of his spine. Oh, he's, man, been, it's... he's spent so much time in the lake. Yeah, it's great. And like yeah. the the lighting on Jason is, is good too. Halloween. And uh, Halloween. So yeah, there's one more before the Rob Zombies, which mm. is Resurrection. I haven't seen it yet. It's supposed to be really bad and involve like a reality show and Busta Rhymes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got you all in check. <laughs> Break your neck. Yeah, he says that to uh, fucking Michael. Michael Meyer. I almost it. said Jason. I really did. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Jason. I was like, oh, fuck no. I think he says that to him. Yeah, Busta Rhymes. Yeah, so it's like a reality show. I don't know, like Survivor or something. It's like a group of people are in this house and then there's somebody posing as Michael Myers and that's the gimmick. So like, oh, is he, you think it's Michael Myers or something? He's back. But then it turns out Michael Myers actually enters the real house. So there's Busta yeah. Rhymes dressed as Michael Myers fighting Michael Myers dressed as Michael Myers. Now, I haven't seen these movies, but that sounds like something they do in like a Scream sequel. Like yeah, that probably... kind of meta kind of thing. Yeah, that does sound like Scream for sure. Or like New Nightmare. That's the One thing kind of with Halloween is, at least from what it sounds like, because I haven't seen the whole series, but mm. it sounds like it apes off of other horror franchises that do like new ideas, and then it's like, oh, we'll just kind of take some of that. Halloween, you mean? Yeah. Like, Except um, for the first one, of course, they were the OG slasher. Oh, yeah, that's Everybody the else ripped that one off. The students kind of like surpassed the masters or something, you know? Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought about part seven of Friday the 13th, was it was really imitating Nightmare on Elm Street films, because it's like the whole recurring thing of like the adults not believing the kids like that they're being terrorized by this supernatural being and they're like oh whatever you're fucking on drugs <laughs> yeah stop being on drugs stupid I'm trying to have kids. a drink over here shut up winners don't do drugs that and, and of course carrie carrie oh, uh, with the, the girl with the supernatural powers in Which, seven i gotta see that i haven't I, seen it either have you got to no i uh, haven't i got to yeah, i really right. want to see it brian de palma yeah yeah eh? yeah yeah and then there's the only other two of course oh no there's gonna be another one next year that's right a new halloween yes with jamie lee curtis Weird. which could be good but just seems like what are you doing what are they gonna do with her she's gonna i don't know how old is jamie lee curtis these days i want to say she was 20 ish in 78 so she's probably pushing 60 oh so she's probably just gonna be like a cameo like oh i, I remember jason i mean she's Michael. in the they have sort of it was more like an ad that they had with her in it about how like i'm coming back for one more halloween Weird. and i think she might be the star yet again hey that might be kind of cool you know yeah, she can really act better than fucking josh hartnett who played her son and that <laughs> whatever happened to him him. Josh Hartman. That yeah, name and, uh, sounds really familiar. Josh, I don't know he why. was like a teen dream steam. Team on Supreme. Team, team Beat Magazine? Cream. <laughs> <laughs> Back in like the late 90s, early 2000s, he was a big star in like oh. a lot of those like teen movies. He was in 40 Days and 40 Nights. He was trying to fin a knot, bust a nut for 40 <laughs> days or whatever. So like he couldn't uh, yeah, have sex vaguely or jerk remember off. That. Yeah, it's that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, I found it mildly amusing when I was like 15. I never saw it, so I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea what's in it. I've yeah, never like seen those movies. Or something and who else is in it in h2o the blonde chick from dawson's creek because there's like carrie russell was on that show she was like the brown-haired chick ah who cares i don't think i've ever seen a complete episode but she's in that yeah it's kind of funny seeing like all those people in, in there blast from the past from uh the wb days yeah good old wb <laughs> <laughs> what else is on WB like that One Tree Hill yeah I remember that, that. yeah it's that bad wasn't there Felicity? like a... there's Felicity and there was I never really watched any of these shows but I just neither. heard about them all the time so anybody could talk about and my older sister was into some of them what was the other big one this was on for like a lot of seasons Alexis Bledel was in it I don't know if you know who that is but she was no. in like she was in Sin City she was the prostitute with like the really bright blue eyes I've never finished Sin City I own oh, it I have like movie. this super deluxe version yeah, of it I, yeah you have like this banging deluxe edition <laughs> The most wanging edition of it, and I fall asleep <laughs> when I watch it. I recommend it. It's yeah, that's good. what I hear. It's great. I mean, I like it so far. It's cool, like the cinematography Gilmore and the Girls, effects. By the way, that was Gilmore cool. Girls, dude. We gotta talk about Gilmore Girls for Do a second. We? No, I mean we don't have to, but I just want to talk about the pacing of that show. Okay. From what I've seen, what is the deal? Why do they all talk so fast? Why does everything move so damn quickly? <laughs> yeah, the camera seems to always be moving. Yeah, that's and the dialogue's of... like so fast, like so fast. That's like, kind why? of the Aaron Sorkin style. He's the guy who wrote the. West Wing. He's also the screenwriter for 
for a social network and some other stuff. But yeah, that's the thing. It's like people are just constantly talking. That like the gaps between dialogue are always very small. It seems like in things that he writes, it stresses me out, man. When I watch it, I'm like, dude, you guys, you gotta breathe. You're gonna fucking go lightheaded. You go, you're gonna, gonna turn blue. You're gonna kill some brain cells, you guys. I don't know. It's crazy. Fall on the pavement, hit your head, and die. <laughs> Crack your skull open. Brains are everywhere. Gonna fucking get CTE and pull a fucking Chris Benoit. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. Breathe. Don't forget to breathe between words. I couldn't get into the show like I would ever get into it, I guess. I don't know. If the pacing was better, I guess I could get into it. That's all I wanted to say about Gilmore Girls. The yeah. pacing's weird. Wrapping up talking about Halloween, I think. Yeah, so Girl the Rob Zombie remakes, right? Yeah. yeah. I've seen part of the first one, and it seemed like kind of a cool movie, and like it really was not a carbon copy of the original. Like they were, he's really taking it and doing something different with it. You see more of Michael when oh, yeah. he was a kid. He does seem like just a little like asshole, white trash, bully kind of a kid. That's Rob Zombie's style. Though. Oh, it is. All of his movies are just like hillbilly, white trash, seventies white trash on Halloween. Literally, like a lot of his movies yeah. that aren't even don't have anything to do with the holiday. Like I think House of a Thousand Corpses and or uh, Devil's Rejects. They take place on or around Halloween. Do they? I didn't supposedly. Catch that. Yeah, I just learned it's... that from like listening to a now playing episode or something. It's and probably true. All of his movies take place in the seventies too. I yeah. think literally all of them. I didn't realize that it's either. Every single he's just one. really obsessed with the 70s. He's really obsessed with Halloween. And he's, he's really obsessed with white trash. Well, I haven't seen any of the Halloween movies, the remakes, but I, I have seen House of a Thousand Corpses. Didn't dig it too much. It yeah, seemed it like, like a okay. um, kind of like an extreme version of uh, Texas Chainsaw oh. Massacre. Where it, it seemed like it was just making an extreme version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I think that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is better. And it would, is kind of extreme anyway. Yeah, it's already extreme, and you don't really got to beef it up, even though it's, you know, it's kind of reserved in a lot of ways. I liked The Devil's Rejects a lot. I'm not going to spoil why. It's just got a cool twist. Two-thirds into the movie. It's it's fun. For the most part, Rob Zombie and his movies are kind of gimmicky. At least from what I gather, it just seems like he's a bit of a gimmick. He sticks with white trash, the 70s, you know, Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. What was that one? 36 that just came 31, out? 31, because it takes it. place on October 31st. Halloween. What a big surprise. You know, white trash clowns, you know. <laughs> some like, like Nazi clowns or something. Yeah, garbage. people betting on a game. You know, that's his thing. He's, it's a it's I've never seen a whole Rob Zombie movie, so I can't really register an opinion on him. Mm. Just from reading about his movies, he definitely repeats things. A lot. Big time. But Devil's Rejects, I recommend it to you, Mac, and a lot of people out there. It's a grisly movie, so if you don't got the stomach for that, don't bother, but if you can handle it, it's it's cool. I watched a review of it, I think it was a Cinemasker review, and it did look pretty cool. Like It it looked like they kind of make you like the bad characters a little bit, and like the guy who is maybe trying to stop them, I won't get into it more than that, but is maybe trying to stop them, like he's kind of fucked up too. There's so a point there's where a lot of kind of gray area. It's good filmmaking, I'd mm. say. From what I've seen, his best work. But anyways, yeah. have you seen the Halloween remakes? Parts of it, like okay. just parts of the first one. That's where I got that impression of like Michael as like a little asshole kid. Because there is kind of a look of you know, like seeing old pictures of just like that skeevy '70s kid. His face is all like twisted and like just pushed into itself. It's like yeah, like weird. the kind of kid that remember they said in like the commentary of Venture Brothers who would lie and say that he owned like a Luger pistol and like <laughs> yeah, my fists are registered weapons in like 12 states like, and like have like a shitty mustache or something and yeah like throw pop rocks at people and just be an asshole yeah just cackling like break <laughs> windows for fun just a troubled youth as they would say <laughs> yeah probably had a terrible home life most kids like that probably do oh yeah definitely don't they show early on in the film or am i, am I they do show some of his home life i can't remember how bad or good it really was it was like his parents some swearing. kids are just born bad like michael myers we got it i think we're getting it i think we're getting into the hang of it we got it we're in the swing of things <laughs> That was tough. Miss Jason's just a lot more memorable. The movies are cooler, I think. You know, you got like a fresh set of characters that you get to watch things happen to. Here's the big problem with the Halloween movies is that they never got fun and crazy and stupid. Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th, they did. They kept trying to make semi-serious horror films, at least for the first two, and they succeeded there. The third one was totally something different, but four and five, they kind of tried to do that and they failed. Six got a little bit weirder. I don't even know what to call that, but like, yeah, like the fourth and fifth, like they just tried to make like real serious-ish movies and just did it badly and like nobody wants to see that. Yeah, it's not cool. At least make them so bad they're good or something. Like, yeah, make them corny or put Michael Myers in like different settings like in a mall or something, you know, like put him in like some like really interesting places. Yeah, he has these single-minded motive. Like that's the thing is like there's so many times in those movies where he had the opportunity to like easily kill people and you really think he's going to. Yeah. Like there's a scene like that towards the beginning of part two where he like goes into this house with these two old people and just takes 
their knife and leaves, but he could have butchered him if he wanted to. And that seems like something he would do. Maybe that's more of Jason's kind of uh, style. He kills everything that moves. The yeah. body counts in his movies yeah. are definitely higher than in the other big yeah. slasher franchises. Like maybe Michael is more just focused in general. He seems to just be very single-minded, and I don't really understand his motivations very well. I don't either. They don't really seem to flesh them out. They describe him, and John Carpenter intended him to be a personification of just evil. Like, I feel like when people do kill people, it's like either out of rage and wrath, or it's because they enjoy it on some level. Mm. And this guy just seems to kill without any reason at all. It's very, it's sort of confusing. He has zero emotion. Even in that first movie, I mean, like, when he's wearing the mask, you can see some personality in his body language. When his mask comes off in that first movie, it's not really emoting anything. He's just staring at her while she runs down the stairs. My memory know? of what he looked like was he had, like, a look of almost shock on his face. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like, or surprise. Maybe. And he just, and remember just how normal he looked. He just looked like a normal, like, 20-year-old dude with, yeah. like, kind of longish 70s hair, even. Yeah, feathered blonde hair or something. Yeah. Is it blonde? I, I think remember. it was, like, brownish. Something like that, yeah. Dark brown, maybe. I like the idea of part three being just a unique Halloween story that yeah. comes out every season. I kind of wish they had run with that trope a little bit more, but maybe... Yeah, if they could have maintained the quality, which yeah. is a big question. I think they probably could have. They got yeah. the, the right people. Or they could have, you know, stuck with the personification of evil, the shape character, and have them, like, change forms throughout films. Maybe it's, like, some sort of animal or, like, something else. Or, well, they know. set up in one of them, and I won't say which one, where it really looked like he did die in one of the sequels, and then at the end of the movie, like, another character in that movie picks up the knife and kills somebody. So it looked like it couldn't kill him because his spirit, or that force of evil, would just transfer into another body, which might have been interesting. But, yeah. of course, in the next one, it's just Michael again. It's all about them box office dollars. You gotta just make sure don't freak people out too much. Don't yeah. give them too much surprises. Many things that are interesting are good for audiences, I guess. I don't know. What is the deal with that? Why do they keep making decisions like that? This just seems safe, I think. This is such a weird thing to talk about in relation to what we've been talking about, but I think <laughs> that basically corporate America, starting in the 70s, got really into short-term thinking and really mm. abandoned sort of long-term goals. And you can see it in the entertainment industry. I think that started in the music business around the mid-70s. Music got a lot more safe and boring, popular music at least. And I think the same thing happened in the 80s. And there's a lot of great beloved blockbusters and awesome big movies from the 80s, but I think in the 60s and 70s and early 80s, they were more into taking risks and making more artistic films. Yeah. And in the 80s, that started to go away. And I think it's continued to dwindle to less and less to this day. These days, man, it's bleak out there. Man. Yeah, it's just the big tent poles. It's been yeah. a couple new movies. You know what? Though. Star Wars, by the way, would have been in today's money what the budget for Star Wars was? Uh, $54 million. That's what the budget was? Adjusted for inflation for Star Wars. It was only made on $54 million. For A New Hope? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Everything. That's way cheap. Every fucking yeah. thing that comes out two hundred and fifty four million. times that much money. That's amazing. That's Deadpool dollars, right? I don't Just know. About. I think even Deadpool had $80 million. Oh, shit. You're right. Wow. 70 or 80 Even that was made with more money than Star Wars. I mean, that's the thing is like, there's this attitude around money where it's, it's like this resource that'll just make things better if you pump it into it but it's like you need to allocate the money you need to spend it well you know what I mean yeah, like, what I was think that, that um, movie we watched Cellar Dweller It Dwells or there's a movie called Cellar Dweller that's from the 80s yeah I recently watched it too it sucked it wasn't very good but you got that like <laughs> that grindhouse pack it came with a VHS tape and it was like oh the basement that's it the basement it was really low budget it's, and, it was uh, shot on an 8mm film yeah but the special effects the gore all that shit was awesome so it was elevated it was a great it was it was fun I had a great time oh yeah I had a blast watching that movie it looks like it was made for about 85 bucks yeah and they just spent that and money like where it counted some McDonald's coupons and <laughs> <laughs> and they just came up with like a pretty good story and some decent special effects and got some people to overact in it and just and it was it well. a, yeah it was a joy to watch what's that I always think about is the, the prime example of pumping cash into it the um, Green Lantern is that that's the one yeah that cluster where it's just like all CG his suit his from the neck down he's CG like everything's just a cartoon or they didn't know what they were doing with it and they just kept pumping more money into it and yeah you don't yeah. need to do that you just well, need to like, get the right people well I think they just kept putting more money into it because they just knew that they had botched it <laughs> so just in an attempt to save it they just were like okay we're gonna have to redo this whole aspect of the movie and that's gonna yeah. cost this many million it's crazy that's like, something they should just doodle. shelf you know unlike that Friday the 13th we were yeah that was weird about. I gotta look more into that people at home if you don't know there were gonna be a new Friday the 13th movie on the 13th of this month October which would have been fun probably would have been pretty cool and I just got a text so I'm just gonna see if it's oh, Keith is it Keith it's uh, not good whatever it is I can Ugh. tell you right now audience Ugh. we won't be able to do it on Friday yeah he said he just fucking woke up god 
Damn, dude, it's noon. It's noon 04. What's going on? Well, well, did he get fucking drunk last night? Goddamn. <laughs> maybe. Well, he does work late, right? He works nights. He didn't, he didn't right? work yesterday. He didn't? I thought Wait, he... Wait, no, oh, that's right. He, didn't. he got called in. He got work. called in, right? That's right. That's a shame. I was really looking forward to talking about that. Yeah, I'll probably just watch it again, like, on Thursday or something, because <laughs> I, I still feel like watching it again. I can't get enough of that damn movie. Oh, and then uh, Halloween, just to wrap it up, I guess there's Halloween 2. We made that other remake. Which, according to Cinemassacre, was a really bizarre movie. Like, it was really mainstream but just so fucking out there from what I understand. Oh, yeah, like the style of it was mainstream, but the content of it was really, really weird. Yeah, like, like the, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it, so I'm not sure, but it, right. it sounds out there. Yeah, I think that one's supposed to be not as good as the first remake. I do yeah. want to check those out partly just because who they get Malcolm McDowell <laughs> to do the Loomis part. Yeah, then, that's yeah, right. which sounds like a good fit. Well, they got Malcolm McDowell in that uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night remake. Yeah, that, that was cool. That was cool. <laughs> He's constantly awesome. monologuing about the monstrosity of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... Drives people crazy. You know, I, I like that. I like that remake. I, I thought it was, was good, too. I haven't seen cool. the original Silent Night, Deadly Night. I've only seen part two. Part two is fun. That's pretty good. Garbage day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you recently saw the new New West installment in the Child's Play series, Curse of Chucky. The Cult of Chucky. Yeah, that's right. Curse yeah. of Chucky was a few years ago. Never mind. That was cool. I liked it. It was cool. It's on Netflix now as of recording this. It's streaming. Yeah. Wasn't it straight to video? I don't think it went to the theater at all. It didn't? I think this and the last one were just video on demand. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a universal movie, so that's interesting. It doesn't seem like it did because it was already on Netflix. And I was right. like, that's surprising. Chucky is kind of like a childhood monster of mine so it's like I'm a bit nostalgic for the child play movie I like that whole series it scared the shit out of me when I was a kid like it just terrified me Chucky himself is just horrifying it's cool Curse of Chucky was interesting because they kind of like retcons just went back and just skipped over Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky which are just like comedies clown they're just ass like, movies yeah yeah they're just like creepy clown movies you know they're, <laughs> they're weird and it was a smart move and they bring back some old characters I don't want to spoil it too much but like they make it rewarding for fans and I didn't expect them to actually make a sequel and it's cool that it's a direct sequel to uh, The Curse of Chucky it uh, picks up right after the events of that and the main character she's like in a mental institution recovering from what's going on she's going through schizophrenia treatment or something she goes to a medium security one meets some characters there they're all weird everybody's weird it's like a cuckoo's nest sort of thing and Chucky's there and I <laughs> honestly don't know if I want to spoil the fun of this movie it just did this cool thing with you know what I don't want to talk about it too much if you're a fan of Child's Play I would say check it out it's on yeah. Netflix it's cool watch all five of them I guess there was one two three and yeah. then Bride and Seed I believe were like four and five and then Curse was six and this is what seven now yeah I guess so I think that's right but in like the main series like I guess what's worth checking out is uh, the three Child's Plays those are cool and then these two new ones The Curse and yeah, Cult yeah just skip Bride and Seed then yeah you can just skip right over those I mean Seed is really weird it's got John Waters in it. You know, it might be worth watching God just for bless like the little people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it might be worth watching just for a novelty. It's weird AF. Like it is out there. Bride of Chucky is nothing. It, that's a crap movie. It's... I watched part of it and I had a few yuckles. Maybe uh, there are some good chuckles and I haven't watched the whole thing to say whether or not it's worth watching, but I had a few yeah. giggles. It was dumb. Maybe it's worth watching too. No doubt about it. But it's cool. You know, in the curse of Chucky, it starts out with a, a brand new good guy doll, which is cool because like Chucky oh, gets yeah. fucked up. He throughout does. those movies. It's the same doll. At least from the second to third movie, he gets fucked up a lot. But yeah, it's a brand new doll, so you're like, oh, that's weird. And then, like, turns out later on in the film, he's, like, wearing makeup. And, you know, like, some of that makeup falls off his face, and there's his scars, and it's like, oh, it's the same doll. Like, that was cool. Uh -oh. So it brings in a lot of that continuity, and then it, it carries over into uh, The Cult of Chucky with Andy Barkley. I think that's his last name, the kid from the original yeah, can't three. Remember. But he he's back as an adult, and he's up to some interesting things these days. There's um, a lot of weird characters, like, the guy that's like helping Fiona, I think that's her name. The main character, she's a paraplegic in a wheelchair and she's blamed for all of these grisly murders, which I find is interesting. Like, how did this person wheelchair bound do all this crazy heinous shit? That's a good question. Pretty interesting. But anyway, you know, there's some weird moments like that that you're going to question for sure. The guy that's her like psychiatrist is like a real creep. Like human centipede 2 levels? No, well. I was going to say, few people are that creepy. Yeah, it's not as like <laughs> explicit, I guess, yeah, as like yeah. that. But like he is... He's just nasty, a nasty dude. Those who have seen it, you know. It brings up current day issues, which I thought was interesting. The film opens up on Andy Barkley at dinner with a date, probably met on the internet maybe. I don't know, but she's talking about gun laws or something. Oh. And Andy Barkley has a lot of guns because <laughs> of Chucky, you yeah. know, and he's talking.
and like defense and stuff. So it kind of gets into that a little bit. And then it gets into a lot of like mental illness stuff and, and kind of how to properly treat that. It's, it's really interesting. It's a weird one. And then Chucky's there. I'm just going to say it's Chucky times five or six. You know, that's all I want to say. Okay. It's a little carrot on a stick or whatever. I don't know. It's Maybe five or six Chucky's in this movie. Just check it out. If you're a fan, yeah. check it out. I just recently watched Housebound too, which you've seen a couple of years ago. Yeah, I saw it a few years ago. I really liked it. That was cool. And it's a New Zealand film. That was really fun. It was this woman. She was probably late 20s, right? Something like that. Like a young, troubled woman. She was uh, robbing an ATM at the beginning with this like dumbass. Yeah. And he like knocks himself out. And, you know, they get arrested because she's like has to drag his body away. And she already kind of has like a criminal record. Like she's been in trouble for much since she was in her teens and still is kind of a fuck up. And she's been through a lot of these like drug treatment programs yeah. and rehabilitation things. You know, even the judge says it doesn't work. Anyway, she's sentenced to being housebound um, with her parents that supposedly live in a haunted house, which I like that scene with the coast to coast radio. Yeah, it was, a sh- it was a show like that. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. See, it's a little uh, reminiscent of a movie we like to call People Under the Stairs. Yeah. Say, like, that's one we reviewed a while back. And if you like that movie, probably like this. It's similar kind of spooky house vibe. And also both movies are really like fun, scary movies. It was cool. There was like some subtext of like electronics or there was like a motif of electronics mm, at least. That's right, yeah. Her mother comments on the band she gets, her ankle band. And oh, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. having, you should feel special having all that high tech equipment on you. And then they have an old ass, like 95 computer with oh, yeah. a dial up. Her mother also comments on her iPhone, how that's like crazy impressive. And then there's like the Roach character, you know, the people under the stairs sort of thing. There's like old electronics reworked to do new things. And it's like really weird. I don't know what it's saying. Like with all this old stuff that we have, like what are we going to do with it now that we're upgrading and moving on to newer things? Or I don't know. It's, it's just a, not so useless after all. Yeah. It's it's a cool little motif I picked up on. Yeah. You listeners write in and tell me tell what, you, what think. you think. Yeah. Because it's you, a cool movie. That's also on Netflix now too, streaming. That's cool. Yeah. It has been for like a few years, so it might not be there that much longer. So get on it. Get on it while it's hot. You got to catch them while they're red hot, dude. Shit. God damn. <laughs> get off your ass and jam. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Drop. Set up shop. <laughs> Come on. Up shop. Oh. No. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. That was a really fun one. I'm in part three or four of The Shining. I'm reading that book. Oh, cool. That's a cool book. Way, way different than the movie. But I think to the film's credit, and I don't think Stephen King was honestly that fair to it. So far, anyway, I think the movie and what Kubrick did tried to like capture a lot of what was really important about the book and translate it to the screen because it's a different medium completely. The vibe is there. It has the same vibe. Reading the pages are as hypnotic as watching the film. It just pulls you in it's good i recommend that do you think it would feel as much the same as if, if, if you've never seen the movie like if you read the book oh. and then saw the movie after because i feel like that would kind of hmm. would have that effect like I remember when i was reading the story that the movie reanimator was based off of it is very different but still i had that vibe of the movie kind of in my head as i was reading it like the weird soundtrack was kind of playing in my head as yeah I was reading you know you might be so right about that influenced the experience of reading it yeah it's kind of like when i i go back and read the lord of the rings i see the actors now right. instead of yeah. like yeah, what it's I hard thought. not to. You might be onto something with that, but it's Stephen good. Stephen King has said different things about it. Oh, I really? think he was more critical of it in the past, like back in the 80s. It's come cold down And what now. he said now is like, it is obviously a great film, but it's not my vision. And I think his biggest problem with it, and you might disagree with this, I don't know because I haven't read it, was that Jack kind of seems in the movie like he's kind of maybe evil or a yeah. bad guy, at least the whole movie. I agree He gets that. worse, but you know, in the book, he starts out as basically a good man who is... Who's done a few bad things. He's done a few bad things, yeah. made some big mistakes in his past, but he is basically destroyed by a combination of alcohol and evil spirits. And um, a history of family abuse too. That's that too. Uh, something that comes up throughout the story. I totally agree with that. Jack Nicholson, he just has that vibe. He just oozes crazy, you know? In that movie especially. Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with that criticism that holds up. Jack seems like a very different character in the book. I guess it's not too hard to connect him with Jack Nicholson. Yeah. There's a lot more as far as like inner monologues and thoughts and feelings on things instead of it trying to be conveyed through like the actors and the, the situations and stuff. And the, shining, cool. the film has a limited amount of dialogue and obviously I'm no expert on the book but I have flipped through it. and Not like, a lot yeah, of dialogue. Well there's more than I figured there would be. Oh yeah like, well I'm there's just, more than like, the film. Flipping through the book turning pages to like different conversations a lot of different conversations that were just left out of the movie completely because I mean it was so long I mean yeah. <laughs> how much more do you need? I think it was a good adaptation but there are things yeah. like 
there's a detail in the film that I might not have gotten, or maybe I did get. It's near the end of the film where Danny is shining, and oh, yeah. then it cuts to Scatman, and his face is like, oh, he's like freaking out. And that's, um, yeah. Song starts blasting. In the book, that's set up because, you know, Scatman, he knows he shines. He knows Danny shines, and he's a shiner himself. In the book, they have a conversation, Danny and Scatman, Halloran in the book. I think it's Halloran. I think it's Halloran. Halloran, yeah. The guy played by Scatman Carruthers? Yeah, the cook of the hotel. He and Danny have a conversation in the car about The Shining and what Halloran knows about it and kind of asks Danny to hit him with what he's got. You know, shine as hard as you can in this car. And he does. And like the cook is just like fucking knocked out. Like the wind is knocked out of him. His nose starts bleeding. Like he has this like crazy headache. That's what's happening with Scatman in the movie is that's that scene. Like Danny's hitting him harder again. And he's like, he's reading the thing. So he flies back over to checks it out. But in the film, it's like kind of confusing maybe. But you know, just little things like that that the book explains more. It's more time and words and pages to flesh things out. It's long. It's a long book. I'm about... 200 pages in and that's it's like 600 pages total that's fun i recommend reading that and the movie and i've finally finished amnesia the dark descent any gamers are out there that's a a really cool horror game by frictional studios they made this game called penumbra which was one of their first game they did two of them it was a first person horror kind of exploration game you can't really defend yourself you just have to hide and the longer you spend in dark areas the more insane your character goes so like the screen will start to get wavy you'll start to hear sound Keith told me in Amnesia, when you start to go insane, like there's this clicking sound, like bugs or something. What is that? Keith told me it's the character's teeth grinding. Like it's got that whole thing and it plays off of the character's fear in the game and then plays, you know, off of yours in real life because you only have limited light source. Like in Penumbra, you have batteries for your flashlight. In Amnesia, it's a period piece. It takes place in like, I don't know if I had to guess, like the 15th century, 16th century or something. You're exploring a castle. It's about a couple of like explorers. I guess, conquistador characters. They uh, found this orb in Persia or something. They found like some sort of orb and they brought it back to be studied because it had like some sort of incredible powers in it or something. But it summoned this shadow. It's called the shadow in the game. It's something that's constantly pursuing the character, but you don't ever see it. And when it like gets closer, all this fleshy gunk. I don't know if anybody's seen the real life blob in the sewer. Have you seen that, Mac? The real life blob thing? It's like these like worms that get all tangled up in sewers and Uh... then they move together in unison and pulses. No, that sounds really disgusting. It's disgusting. There's a video on YouTube. Just Google the real life blob. It's fucking gross. But, Sick. You know, there's like these pulsy things that just grow on the castle when it gets closer and there's yeah. other monsters. You don't defend yourself. You have a limited amount of oil for your lantern. And you can light candles nearby and stuff, but you have a limited amount of tinder boxes. And so yeah, you just explore and learn. Start out, you play as this guy Daniel who's like struggling to remember his name and he passes out in the castle and then wakes up and you're literally descending down into the castle. Like, by the end of the game, you're, like, beneath the castle or something. There's some weird hell portal thing happening. It's, like, crazy, and it's cool. I highly recommend that mm. if you can get through it. It's creepy. And the fact that you can't defend yourself just makes it even more scary. So the only option is to just run? Yeah, like, you have to run and hide in the closet or close the door. And huh. It's cool because I use the mouse and keyboard to play. I think you can use a controller, but I use the mouse because it makes it easier. You have to actually open doors, and doors run on hinges that open in or out, and you have to remember that when you're running from the monsters. And You know, you can kind of, like, open the door a little bit and peek out and kind of see what the monster's up to and it's cool it was a, a neat experience it reminded me of gone home and silent hill a little bit i recommend that but i think that's about it as far as horror there's friday the 13th that's a cool game it's about it that i've been in right now yeah i guess i've just been watching the halloween movies and obviously watching fan of the paradise and evil dead 2 for the show besides that yeah i watched purple rain last night <laughs> that wasn't horrifying exactly but it was weird it's pretty much just prince riding around on a motorcycle and yeah a lot of the scenes are just him performing his music, which I guess is cool if you like Prince's music, which I right. like some of it. Some of it is okay. Don't dislike him, but I'm not a huge fan either. It's weird. I think it'd be really cool to watch on drugs, and I imagine there's mountains of cocaine on set. I mean, like that kind of movie. Probably, yeah. That makes me think of something. What, Velvet Goldmine or something? Oh, yeah. It reminds me of a movie. Is that, that... Was, uh, that was a movie. <laughs> sort of about the glam rock era. Okay. Like, there's a character that's sort of based on David Bowie, and there's a character that's sort of based on Iggy Pop. They don't say it, but like the New York dolls are like in the background of one scene like they're in a mm. club in New York City or something and you hear them it's like some weird ass looking band and they're playing Personality Crisis that's cool I think basically it was going to be based on David Bowie but they couldn't get the rights to use any of his songs oh. so they had to like make up their own songs and their own fictional glam rock star well, that's a shame 
That's still kind of cool that they made a movie like that. I know Ben yeah. really liked it. It was pretty problem. good. So I can give a small correction to our last episode. There is one scene where it is actually William Finley singing. Which the, one? Um, the first time you hear him singing, it's just him and piano. Well, I wondered. Man, he I sounded really song. different on that, and I figured it was like Paul Williams was able to just change his voice to sound deeper, to sound more like this guy would sound. That actually is him. Nice. And, but yeah, it is Paul Williams after he gets the robot voice singing box thing. Like those parts when he's in the studio, that's Paul Williams' voice. With so, uh, the filters and Dolby. Yeah, yeah. Well, they said that was kind of funny that like um, after he gets him to sound like that, he goes, perfect. Yeah. It sounds just like him. Well, like fucking Uwe Boll in that movie. Mm. What was it? Assault on... It was the second Rampage movie. Really? By the way, don't watch it. It's bad. Uh, the Rampager is like giving this rant and Uwe Boll's just like, this guy's totally right. Yeah, he's like, you know, he's right. Oh, was... wow, this guy makes a lot of sense. And I was like, dude, you fucking wrote this. Yeah. Like, fuck you. <laughs> what a dickhole. Like, what a dingleberry. <laughs> that is kind of funny, just the sheer balls. Yeah, like he's crazy. We gotta do some of those video game adaptations. Yeah, he did a ton of game movies. <laughs> I'd like to do one of his movies just for the fuck of it. I think Assault on Wall Street would be pretty funny. That would be a cool one. Rampage the original. I got a number of things to say about that, I guess. I bet. Nihilist, man. The movie, just the most nihilist thing I've ever seen in my whole fucking life. It says nothing and it stands for nothing. It's crazy. It's a crazy movie. The second one has this sort of really stupid-ass, like, wake-up sheeple kind of a message, which is really obnoxious. That first movie doesn't even have any of that. It's just a yeah. guy that goes out and he, like, kind of listens to his friend that's into all that stuff. Who's like, yeah, pin sheeple and wake up and all that stuff. And they're, like, eating fast food or something. You know, the rampager is like, yeah, yeah, whatever, bro. Oh, it's the guy that played, uh, he was in Freddy vs. Jason. I don't fucking remember any it's of those that guy, that, that blonde dude. Yeah, they're pretty forgettable. Except for the one actually. that was basically supposed to be Jason Mewes. I remember him because oh, he yeah. stuck out. He was awesome. Uh, yeah, so it had no point, really. But yeah, it was like just the, nonsense. Maybe by making the second one, he's trying to redeem it somehow. Like, that maybe. this guy had, like, a point to what he was doing the whole yeah. time. People like whatever. the original Rampage, though. I think on Rate Your Music, I read some reviews, and it's like, people like it. And they think it's, like, his most artistic achievement. Uwe Boll, that is. And it's like, what? Overall, it had a low rating. I remember it was well under yeah. 3 out of 5. I guess you're right. Uh, but there were people that liked it, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it. Maybe compared to his other movies, it just looks less shitty. Maybe. I don't know. I've only seen two others, I guess. Right. I think those would be fun to review, though. That would be fun. Like, some really bad movies. <laughs> yeah, they're just offensive. Man, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. So what else have I been up to? But yeah, I've been reading some book about the Civil War. <laughs> oh, yeah, That's nice. relevant. It's pretty good. It's, it's Shelby Foote. He wrote this trilogy, combined, like, 2,000 pages of book about the Civil War. And it's pretty cool because it's so long. <laughs> it just goes battle by battle by battle, and he covers every significant battle, really, of the war. He talks about, like, sort of what was going on before the battle and what was the overall effect of the battle on like morale and public opinion in no both north and south you oh, kind wow. of follow the war like almost like in real time and think about okay so i'm up to like say april 1862 so i can think about what was the mood on both sides and month by month by month kind it's of just going awesome. through the whole span of the war it, it's good like and i like that about it it's not always the best written somebody said it had quote anaconda sized sentences and sometimes the sentences <laughs> do kind of run on it's good and I, I feel like i've learned a lot more about the sort of the characters involved and he has like these interesting descriptions of the appearances and personalities of a lot of the important figures from Lincoln and Jefferson Davis on down to General Grant and General Lee and some of the other generals and important people. That aspect of the war is something I, I've read a lot about it. It's an interesting subject to me. That's one thing in this book where I'm getting actually a lot of new information. Pretty good book and nobody cares but I started going to college in August so some people might care. That's new in my life. I'm taking two classes but I'm taking college composition or whatever and sociology. College composition no offense to anybody I like my teacher and everything but it's a boring ass class <laughs> I have to write about a lot of shit that I'm really not that interested in yeah I had and I just do don't really that. like writing that much anyway for school assignments I like writing for certain things like I, I write like the history segments for this show and that's always fun but you don't have to cite your sources because it's a podcast bitch that's true I ain't getting graded what I liked writing in, in college when I was there I was studying film and media so I yeah. did like intro to film and stuff like that yeah just being able to write about something I was interested in made mm. it so much easier to do it than uh, mating habits of fucking penguins and who the fuck knows where. You know, like in Jim Carrey's fucking freezer in my Ace Ventura pet detective. I don't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> Can't write about that. Well, what we had to do, I think we had to do like a couple of these, like read a fucking article about how to write summaries. Oh, yeah. And then you summarize it. Yeah, I had to do that. So times. fucking meta. I did have to do one thing in, in like English class. It was fun. It was basically Aristotle's like theory on how to reach an audience. And Interesting. Like logos, ethos, pathos. Yeah, so it's a logic credibility and yeah and emotion 
it was basically like go on YouTube, pick out an ad and read it and see, you know, if you can find that. And I chose the Denver Don't Drive Stoned PSA oh, ads. Shit. And I got one. It was like this guy, he was like grilling or something. And he just like kept pressing the on button and it wouldn't turn on. And oh, like fuck. his other friends were like looking at him and they're like, how long is he going to notice that there is no propane tank or something? So I got to, I had some fun with that. That's pretty good. Picking apart that. Yeah. There's one week where we could choose what we wanted to write about, but I just used one of the suggestions because I was like, not sure. Yeah. Cause that's the thing is she kind of said like, because she wants up to date sources, maybe you shouldn't mm. write something that's like historical, a historical subject. So I went with the paleo diet and that was kind of interesting and you know, spoiler alert, it's kind of dumb <laughs> and it could give you a vitamin D deficiency. That's no good. The interesting thing was, I mean, it's like still maybe healthier than the standard Western diet, but it's kind of like what isn't. And also like a lot of the advice that they give you is like what basically all diets say, which is avoid processed food, eat fruits and vegetables and lean protein. I don't wow. understand what the deal is. Like, don't, why... don't eat bread or dairy. Yeah, but idea. you don't have to eat it all the time. Yeah, don't Just eat fucking butter, bread and butter for every meal. Yeah, you know. You get sick. <laughs> you sickos. Yeah, it's based on the idea that we should eat what our ancestor ate during the Paleolithic era because that was like most of human history was the Paleolithic era. So that would make sense, right? And not to eat stuff that we've only relied on since we've had agriculture, which is bread and dairy. But 10,000 years, according to people who are actually evolutionary biologists, are like, oh, that's actually plenty of time for people to adjust to a different diet. People are re actually really nutritionally adaptable. And even within, because there still are hunter-gatherer communities that live a Paleolithic-ish lifestyle. And some of them get 99% of their calories from meat, the, the Inuits, because that's all there is to eat, really, is seals and such. Yeah. Like, there's some hunter-gatherers in Southern Africa where that's where they get 25% of their calories because the game's a lot harder to catch and plants are more plentiful. Depends so, on where you were. I yeah, guess, so like there, there is no Paleolithic diet, basically. It changes based on region. Yeah, it changes based on region, time period. Huh. Also, a lot of plants that they suggest that you eat now may have not even existed at the time because there's like wild cabbage is this plant that still does grow wild in some parts of Europe. But hmm. wild cabbage has been adapted through selective breeding and other types of human horticulture, agriculture, whatever, into <laughs> cauliflower, broccoli, regular cabbage, yeah. Brussels sprouts, mm -hmm. and various other types of food. Chicken, broccoli, Alfredo, that which, wouldn't be here. Which would probably still fit into a paleo diet, but it wasn't a plant that in its present form did not exist during the Paleolithic era. Those foods had a lot less nutritional value. So they're beefed up over the millennia. So that's a win for agriculture and a down for fake science. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely benefits to this, but there's no reason to cut out bread and dairy completely. Yeah, you're I, lactose I don't, intolerant. I don't see the problem with eating a cheeseburger or a pizza yeah. in addition to something else. I, I don't see... Why can't people control themselves? Man! A lot of people do have a real problem with self-control. I think it's like some people, maybe they just can't let themselves have any bread or they'll fucking become a breadhead again. Yeah, dude, I'm a dirty-ass breadhead. Bread hairy. They got me in the sling for being a breadhead! Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like that thing in uh, Portlandia where the guy's like addicted to pasta and he's like, help me. Oh, fuck, dude. I'm addicted to pasta. That's a real thing. Yeah, pasta's the tits. It is tits up the best. <laughs> Woo! Yeah! Yay! <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's pretty much my life. In sociology, which is sort of interesting and sort of boring at the same time. When they get into, like, specific issues, like, where it pertains to economics and, like, mm. race and gender and those kinds of issues, it's interesting. But a lot of it's just kind of the science of just everyday life and just every aspect you could possibly imagine when it comes to human beings. Everywhere from individuals all up to the global society. And some of it is a bit dry. It varies. School can just make things boring sometimes. They have to, like, instill certain things, yeah. certain basic principles where you can like move up into a higher class and maybe get to some more interesting stuff. Not everyone's Bill Nye the Science guy. True. <laughs> so how do you enjoy college so far? Uh, I like it. It gives me something to do. I haven't had a job in a long time, so I pretty much have like college and this podcast to take up my time, which has been cool because we've been doing this show again more lately. I kind of like being busy, really. I like always kind of having something to do because, yeah, sometimes being unemployed can be kind of cool because you can hang out with your friends whenever you want if yeah. they're not at work. And just, but like, sometimes you wind up with nothing to do, just yeah. kind of staring at the the wall so it's been kind of fun yeah like just between these two classes i have a decent amount of homework the podcast activities have been good yeah i like it the summer was pretty boring <laughs> had a lot less to do compared to this fall i think i'll probably continue with it going into the next semester it's complicated though the biggest thing with school is fucking dealing with getting signed up properly because like i just realized like my financial aid still hadn't gone through when it's october like, yeah i had to get that fixed i had the same kind of issues having to get my inoculation records vaccination records from my high school and getting those 
accent to Augusta. That's been a big thing. Me and my mom and my sister, I won't say what their names are, obviously, but they have similar names to me. Like, we all have the same initials. A lot of the time, either my mail or my mom's mail goes to my sister's house, and she lives in the next town over. <laughs> so, like, she had to get that from me. So, eventually, I just had them emailed from the school and then printed out, and then I sent it down to the Student <laughs> Processing Center in Bangor. What yeah. a clusterfuck. What a cluster bang. It can be so complicated just like signing up for school and figuring all of this shit out. I heard yeah. something really cool though, and I hope this happens in Maine. Some of the smaller schools in the University of Maine system, including the one that I go to, are, they're thinking about making them tuition free. Like a kind of community college? Well, stuff? some of the smaller UMS schools, so like there's the Augustus campus, there's the uh, Presque Isle campus, there's the Callis or Machias campus, probably the Fort Kent campus, like all of those schools would just be free. That'd the be bigger ones. Fucking awesome. Yeah, so it's the one in Portland, the one in Orono, and the one in Farmington would still cost something because they're like bigger, need more money or some shit. But like, it'd make it free for a lot of people. Yeah, including that's. Including me. That's really cool. I'd yeah. go back for sure. We get to lose. Nothing but time, dude. I'm yeah. losing it anyways. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I'll spend the same. <laughs> the hell? We made up that rule. That's really cool. I don't know if I've heard anything about yeah, that. Yeah, I just happened to be at a liquor store in Farmington, Maine, and, and saw it on the front page of the paper up there. It's awesome. Huh. Yeah, and I was like, oh, fuck, that'd be great. Yeah, that would be awesome. So many people would go back to school. Yeah, and so many people would all of a sudden have way more expendable income. Mm -hmm. It's just the time, too, that really sucks. Like, even if my financial aid comes through and it's all paid for, like, it's just it's taking up all this time. I could be fucking studying, bro. Trying to get those good grades. I mean, what was cool about my major was yeah, I just got to watch movies. <laughs> like, I just watched movies and then took notes on, like, Well, you how... got to go to school for free, too, right? Yeah, it was a Thanks bit... to S-Bucks. Yeah, I used to work at Starbucks, and they did this thing with Arizona State University where they'd pay your way in for free yeah. but i still owe a thousand dollars and i had like a weird thing uh, with financial aid too no my homework was pretty easy but i went online also and that's i imagine it's different it's intense it's like every class is like a 14 week thing but they it was like cut in half yeah so you're doing like the accelerated weeks. courses yeah that's what they do yeah. at humane schools and i think most schools like just for their summer semester so like i wonder why they did that online it sucks i don't recommend people do it that way they really should yeah, change the curriculum if they're gonna cut it in half like that other than that i don't see why you couldn't just keep it the regular length. That was nuts. That was a really crazy time. Working at the movie theater, Starbucks, and going to school. That was nuts. Hell with that. Yeah, it was stupid. No, I'd definitely go back. Definitely worth it. Be nice to have some marketable skills that won't treat you like shit. <laughs> you know, or you won't just be like kicked around the whole fucking time. Well, speaking of making shit free, uh, yeah. please remember to vote if you live in Maine, especially mm -hmm. if you vote the way I want you to, because there is a, <laughs> one of the ballot questions is, because you know how some states with the ACA, Obamacare, they have the Medicaid expansion in Maine not one of them. Yeah. It's a referendum that if it passes, they would have to expand it in Maine. Oh, fuck yeah. Whether or not our lovely governor agrees. Yeah, you guys know who he is. Isn't yeah, he a national treasure at this point? Yeah, he is the national treasure. He's going to be a movie with Nick Cage. Yeah, Nick Cage is looking for him. He's like, where did this guy go? I forget his name. I can't even get his name right now. Oh, LePage. Le Nick Cage is looking Nick for LePage. Nick Cage, LePage. Yeah, Nick Cage searching for LePage in the next national treasure 3D. You know, Nicholas Cage gives it to the people with no Vaseline. He gives it to Raw! Politics are weird, but I'm looking forward to Election Day. It's an off year, so there's not that much big stuff going on, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, there's a couple governor races. There's one in New Jersey and one in Virginia, and there's some state house races. And there's mayor races in a bunch of big cities. Well, actually, there's a mayor race in, in our town. Yeah, that's right. I don't even remember what political party our current mayor is. I think he's a Republican. Either. I'm not sure. All that stuff matters. All the small, lower-level stuff really does matter. Yeah, that really adds up. Actually, I know a guy who is um, running for school board. That's what I'm hoping, is that a lot of people that were inspired by Bernie will do what he encouraged people to do and what so many fucking Tea Party people did and did a lot of damage by That's, doing yeah. it, which is get involved, run for city council, school board, board of selectmen, county, little things. That's what made that movement so effective is it was focused and it was driven. You think about like these other ones like Occupy Wall Street. What was that shit about? It was like really? about a bunch of people hanging out in Wall Street banging like, out a drum all day. Once you occupy it, what are you doing with it? You know, They drew like, attention to the issue and then they didn't do anything about it. And it's important Not to really. bring attention Oh, it. sure, yeah. I think it, I think they kind of changed the conversation and like all that 1%, 99%, wealth gap, income gap. I think due to that movement, there's more awareness of it in the general public than there was before, yeah. which is a good start. But and that probably helped to, Bernie. Probably, yeah. That, yeah. I think if it wasn't for that, people wouldn't have uh, rallied around him as much. Because I'm, I'm getting a little, a little sick and tired 
AF of people uh, coming out for the Super Bowls of elections, dude. Don't come out just for the presidency. What yeah. the flip? Well, that's the thing. is like usually like mid to high 50s, maybe low 60s for presidential turnout. And then in the midterms, it'll be anywhere from like high 40s as low as high 30s. I think 2014 midterm, it was like 36, 37%, which was the lowest since 1942 because there were a lot of people that didn't bother to vote because they were all in the military in fucking Guadalcanal or something and <laughs> yeah. didn't bother to vote absentee. That's the reason it was so low in 42. So that's like, wow, we really fucked up by not showing up for that one. And, and yeah. off your elections like this year, because there are elections every year. I think a lot of people honestly don't even know that. There are elections every year. <laughs> and a lot of time the, the turnout is something like 20 to 25%. Which means that if you do bother to vote, your vote counts like quite a bit more than it usually does. Because you're kind yeah. of part of a few. Which so is, do it. Read those ballot questions. You know, there's interesting yeah. things on there sometimes. Sometimes they're trying to legalize the marijuana. Just like legalizing marijuana, it does actually affect your life directly. <laughs> I am now allowed to smoke pot legally. Yes, legal in Maine, bitch. I can smoke it legally and play video games. It's still working out like how happens. it's going to work exactly, yeah. but... Yeah, it's not being sold yet. You're not going to get busted for smoking weed anymore. Like, Vote, that's cool. man. Sometimes that shit really is important, even All if it's as stupid as smoking a joint. Yeah, you don't want to catch a beef on that. Yeah, dude. So vote. You don't want some pig coming down, harsh in <laughs> your mellow, dude. You don't want that. You don't need that. Nobody wants it. Get it out of here. Some Vote. stepping on your neck calling you a punk ass. Yeah, taking your fucking ounce away and your little fucking Dutch cigarette you taking know? your fucking burner cell phone and snapping it in half and throwing yeah. it out of your face. Taking that shit. And you know what they're doing with that? Strip searching you. Yeah, they're strip searching you and they're taking all your drugs and then they're doing your drugs, man. Or planting it on other people. So you know what? Vote. Stop the madness. Stop the mouth of madness. Swallowing us up. So we're going in right now. It's the mouth of madness, boy. Yeah, this episode's all over the place now. Yeah. It's Halloween time. Election time is coming. Yeah, you guys should vote. You guys should get in the spooky spirits. Watch um, Evil Dead 2. We'll review it soon enough, but you guys should just watch it because we're gonna give away the whole movie. That's because that's what we do. That's true. That is what we do. So you either you either like it or you don't. Suck it. Definitely watch Evil Dead too. It's awesome. Check out Cult of Chucky. That's cool. The Housebound is fun. Yeah, Housebound, top notch. Check um, out the Halloween except for five. Yeah, I mean, if you've seen that first one and you like it, check out two for sure. And check out three whenever you want because you can watch that in any order. You know, something that was actually a really cool detail in that movie was, and they do keep this going throughout the series. I really like this runner of people watching a horror movie in the background hmm. of Halloween. You know how they're watching the thing for another world? Yeah. In Halloween 3, the movie in the background is fucking Halloween 1. Wow, that's really Funny. It's actually an ad for Halloween 1, like that's on meta. TV, about how they're going to be like rerunning it in theaters. I oh, thought, that's kind so of cute. It, it, huh. Yeah, I thought that was cool, and it's <laughs> also like, it resolves any doubt of, does this take place in the same universe? And from that point on, maybe 20 minutes in, you know, okay, Michael's yeah. not showing up. So at least don't be yeah. disappointed later. Don't be like those audiences when it came out, and they're like, what? Yeah. Hee huh? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Phil had, what? Check out Amnesia. It'll probably yeah. be on sale on Steam pretty soon. That's a good horror game for this time of the year. And the World Series is on, and the Yankees did make it so that's cool yeah dude big ups for that Major yeah points. what'd they say it was <laughs> this guy who's on 5-3 Harry Enton he tweeted out it's too bad that the US men's soccer team didn't qualify for the World Cup but all it would take for America to win tonight is for the Yankees to lose <laughs> and <laughs> God almighty that's what happened you know what looks like we all won it's funny he's from New York City and hates the Yankees that's funny why <laughs> I don't know probably a Met fan are the Yankees just like a group of just shitheads <laughs> um, the Yankees have won the World Series 27 or 28 times holy yeah Fuck so them. nobody really likes them, especially if you're a team of another American League team. Like I have been like a Red Sox fan, so I was literally like raised to hate that team. <laughs> nobody likes anybody that wins too much. It's why everybody like I don't hold it against people at this point who hate the Patriots because they've won the they won the Super Bowl like what five times now since 2002, five or six. Yeah, people really do kind of pathologically hate them at this point. <laughs> fans of other teams, but like I get it. I would too if I wasn't a Pats fan. So fair yeah, enough. I guess that's true. You know, playing a game online, I'm not a sports guy but like there's just some people you know online gaming they're just way too fucking good you yeah. just hate them you just hate them oh yeah like i just there's a story with uh fucking sure. ben and i playing kill zone one on ps2 and there is this dude named ghost bum i don't know what the fuck it was like ben and i we weren't around each other we were like on opposite ends of the map but somehow ghost bum kept killing both of us around the same time it was like who the fuck's this ghost bum and we just oh you just want to sometimes you're like why are you even playing the game is it fun good, for you anymore i have a good story about people getting way too into games so i read this book and no offense to the people in the south i think you're probably mostly very nice i've been to virginia once for a few hours and 
had a good time. But anyway. Yeah, that was fun. There was this book called Better Off Without Him, and it was a Yankees case for Southern Secession. (laughs) And one of the chapters, sort of where I started to lose interest in the book, but it's about football and just how obsessed people are with football. And there are all these stories of people literally killing each other over football, like especially college football. Oh, wow. And there was like even like a game, like PS2 of like NCAA football 03, where this guy kept losing, and the guy who was losing was playing as his favorite team. And he fucking (laughs) murdered the guy that kept beating him. Dude, okay, so... Flipped a nut. When is that ever brought up? Maybe it's the video game thing, but there was like, you Mm. know, stories of like some Asian couple playing World of Warcraft. It was just some friends playing World of Warcraft. They got like this super elite sword and there was only one of them, so they had to share it. And one was like, we need to keep it and share it and like pass it off. And the other one was like, let's just sell it and split the money. And that person just sold it anyways without the other person's consent. And the person came over and killed him with a baseball bat. Holy shit. And like that shit's talked up all the time, like violence over video games. Oh, violence over sports is like much more common, I think. Yeah, nobody, you don't really hear a lot about that stuff. I think it's just like video games are are new, relatively new, especially to old people, older people, people who weren't that young in the 80s. They're never going to seem like old news, probably. I mean, there's been like so many like soccer riots and shit that people got killed over. It's fucking chaos. Although a lot of the time I think it's sort of like a proxy war for like people are kind of like really fighting about something else. It's an excuse to go nuts. It's like the zombie apocalypse. Some people want to just shoot other people in the face. Oh, the people that get, oh, I can't wait for the zombie apocalypse. Like, really? You want to be eaten alive from the waist down? Even if you survive, like, 90% of the people you care about in the world will be dead. Or Or you have to shoot them. Or turned into monsters, or you'll be forced to kill them yourself. That's going to be so much fun, dude. There's no food. It's going to be fucking epic. There's no more media at all. No more entertainment. That's gone. You're going to have to, like, jerk off in the woods forever. Yeah, with your imagination. Yeah, like, what, like a loser. You know, there's no... Bitch. There's no more, you know, shipping for like farms and stuff. So like you can't There's have no your, Amazon Prime. Can't have your fucking supermarkets anymore. You can't have fucking gasoline. Like I think maybe it's not so related to the zombie thing, but in general, I think there's some people that have a craving for simplicity these days because yeah. technology is changing so fast. I know this because my sister is maybe gonna buy a house and knows all about interior design these days. Oh yeah. And she said like a, there's a lot of kind of fake rustic shit that's big, trying yeah. to make your house look like an old farmhouse and big trying time. to relive this old agrarian peaceful past she's like why people used to wipe their asses with old chewed up corn on the cob what you don't want to go back to that time it was not good for most people you if know? you didn't know any better i guess I think <laughs> it's like if you had never lived in now you don't really know what you're missing things yeah. that, that are a hardship in hindsight would have just been like well you gotta wash the clothes in the wash tub i mean and, yeah that's just what you did that's just yeah. what you do people don't really want to do that right mm. that sucks like yeah. washing machine is saving us so much time it's amazing uh, it's like a vibe that people like i guess technology i don't know maybe we just take it a little too seriously maybe it's just like we kind of use it as status symbols for like social engagement so like maybe we just gotta stop doing that i think people can be engaged by technology so much that they become afraid of the outside world and like the inside world at the same time i think people can't even deal with being left alone with their own thoughts i don't like it that much no it's okay i get that like i'm fucking i feel like i spend so much time staring at a screen i don't have a smartphone i don't want one yeah i don't don't, either i'm gonna leave the internet at home i don't need to have that in my pocket yeah i don't need to be but we grew up in a time where we had like landline phones and stuff so it's like i'm just used to not being able to be contacted all the time well there's people that are older than us that have their faces buried in phones all the time yeah i mean that is one thing that bothers me like i grew up playing the shit out of pokemon blue and i would catch shit oh you're just in a screen all day not real life get the fuck out of here and now everybody's buried in a smartphone or everybody's putting a fucking like screen up to their eyes so they can be in the zone in the haunted house with the zombies or whatever the fuck what happened it's crazy the world caught up to nintendo finally yeah nintendo finally took over the world (laughs) (laughs) we have to go back and kill nintendo (laughs) (laughs) we don't kill people have to kill mario oh it's a me that's the trailer oh, oh man skynet baby. as nintendo i'd watch it i'd play it i'd sky tendo i'd play it nintendo i'd live it in vr live it love it learn it, be it. <laughs> i'd sex it up in vr dude <laughs> yeah fuck yeah it's only a matter of time before you can make those dreams come true of having sex with mario dude eventually but except that like he has giant tits because it's the internet like a huge erect penis and just huge tits that are lactating <laughs> yeah lactating yes definitely <laughs> oh what a magical place holy crap Should we just end this? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Hi!
We'll have Evil Dead 2 for you probably pretty soon. Happy Halloween, and remember to vote on November 7th. Or uh, before, actually, I believe in Maine right now there is early voting. So yeah, you can yeah. do it whenever. Do, do it. it. But do it. Make sure you do it. It really doesn't take that much time. What the shit? It takes about as much time to take a shit on Halloween night so you can go back and watch another movie, man. So like, do it. Vote. Yeah. And be safe on Halloween, everybody. Don't be crazy. Don't yeah, don't eat the apples with the razor blades. Yeah. On, like that kid in Halloween too. And don't try to like skin people and become them. That's weird too. Don't do that stuff. Don't do don't things like that. Don't wear people. Don't wear people as a suit. And don't okay. hunt a man. D'Angelo, you're not allowed to hunt men. That's not very good, DeVito. Don't hunt a man. Nothing good can come from it. Don't summon entities from different realms. Don't go hang out in a graveyard when there's a tall man because you just don't know what he's doing. Just get out of there. Just stay indoors. Yeah. Barricade that shit. Get yourself some garlic. Get yourself some steaks to eat and to plant in the ground and to put into a vampire's chest if you need. You never know where you're going to need it. You get silver bullets and yeah, holy get water. Well, let's get, get a soap super soaker full of that shit and go yeah. to town. Just get a whole bathtub, you know, like the Lost Boys. Just fill a whole bathtub full of holy water and just throw a vampire in it. Live in it, son. Yeah. Live in it. Soak it up. The only thing that was missing in this episode was some peanuts. Yeah, we forgot the peanuts. You mentally pass the peanuts to yourself as you listen. You guys should eat peanuts. Yeah, just get some peanuts for this episode. <laughs> yeah, you guys should eat it for a change. Huh? Of it. What else is there? I guess this could be goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> right. So long, everyone. See you in Evil Dead 2.